Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, amazing presenter, awesome voice. I've heard that 12 times now in my entire life. You've said it. Joined always with my co-host, Donna Lee. That's right. I am your more humble and sweet co-host, not bragging about myself like Dr. Mystery does every time. Sometimes you do this show without me, and when I hear it, I get kind of jealous. You told me to get some content, and sometimes you're not available. Well, I don't think I like it. It still makes me jealous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I'm interviewing our, our employees at work, like That's our, right. our physical therapists. That's okay. right. I'll, I'll include you next This is time. a men's health show. We are brought to you by NAU Urology <laughs> Specialist, the urology group that I started in 2007. We are located all over the Central Texas area. We have mm-hmm. four amazing physician providers, two of which were voted best. best in Austin. That's right. You might have been one of the two. It didn't cost that much. <laughs> <laughs> you and Dr. Ong, by the way, very good. You know what I love? I love the fact that many of the guests that we've had on this show have been in that magazine. Austin it makes Monty. me feel like I got a lot of good friends. You do. A lot of smart friends. How do people get a hold of us? You can call us during the week at 512-238-0762. Our website is armormenshealth.com where you can see our smiling, shiny faces on that website. You can submit your questions there as well. That we'll answer anonymously every time, and I'll shoot you the podcast link when when we answer that question. Awesome. Uh, You know, uh, we don't get a lot of professionals on this show. (laughs) No? No. I mean, between me and you, we're the most amateurish people. I've heard infantile also. Thank Uh, you so much, female listener. Juvenile. Number one. Juvenile. Yeah, I don't know why she kept listening once she, she heard did. the opening credits. But <laughs> anyway, we don't get a lot of professionals, and we're joined by the original ass man himself, <laughs> oh, Dr. Um, Pradeep Kumar from Austin, Austin Gastroenterology. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pradeep. Thank you. Glad to be here. Such a thrill. Ass man. He's an ass man, dude. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but... Dr. Kumar, tell us what you do for a living. I am an ass man. I am a (laughs) gastroenterologist. All things related to the GI tract, top to bottom, inside and out. That's what we take care of. That's right. I knew he was gastro. I don't know. I didn't connect for some reason, ass man. Well, that's where you poop out of. Yeah, that's true. I like the Dr. Deep thing, though, that we talked about Uh, before the show. You haven't heard her bomb on stage. She poops out of her mouth sometimes, too. (laughs) Only only when you're heckling me drunk. (laughs) Well, that does happen. (laughs) Kelly was there. Dr. Kumar, why don't you... You tell us what a gastroenterologist does and what their primary areas of interest are. Yeah, so I think gastroenterology is pretty fascinating, right? I mean, like all species on the planet, we have to convert one form of energy to another and then get rid of the waste, right? You think about plants and photosynthesis, they take energy directly from the sun, they convert that energy and they use it for their life processes, right? Mammals, humans, what well, we have to eat, we eat food, we take energy from the outside, we put it in our mouth, and we have to break that energy down, store that energy, and then get rid of the waste. And that's what gastroenterology is. We take food from the outside, put it into our mouth. It goes down our esophagus. We have our pancreas, our bile ducts, things that help us uh, secrete enzymes and compounds that break down those molecules, safely absorb them into the, the, to the vascular system, take them to the liver to be detoxified and spread throughout the body. But then all these toxins, waste, bacteria, viruses, all this other crazy stuff that we ingest, we have to get rid of safely. And that's why it comes out the other end. And so that's what we do. So it's a vital function for all life was to be able to convert one energy to the other. And when you do that, certainly problems arise, you know, and so we take care of those problems. So when the gastrointestinal system works well, we are all happy. Yes, we are. When it doesn't work well, it universally makes us 
unhappy. Absolutely. And and um, th- there are two very interesting parts about what you do uh, for me. Number one is how much we take for granted well-functioning gastrointestinal system, which depends on more than people might imagine. It requires bacteria that work in conjunction with our body, muscles, nerves, hormones, but also that what we ingest is the one thing that we actually have control over that can affect our health. Besides just screening colonoscopies, what are the most common problems people come to you for? You're right. When when the GI tract isn't working well, it's not fun. You know, and people, that's what keeps us in mink, really. You know, a lot of things go wrong. You know, there's 330 million Americans, and there's a fraction of them that aren't feeling well from the perspective of their gastrointestinal tract. And they come. And so the common things that we see are acid reflux, for sure. You know, when heartburn, chest pain, regurgitation, irritable bowel syndrome. And that's kind of like this grab bag that we put into one little container when it's really a diverse kind of problem where the underlying issue is the nerve supply to the GI tract. It's kind of like having a seizure disorder of the GI tract. The nerves aren't working well, so the muscles aren't working well, so it can cause any symptom, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain, bloating. So irritable bowel syndrome is clearly one of the, the most common things we see. Of course, we see cancers, what you were talking about. We try to prevent them with screening colonoscopy. Because gastroenterologists also take care of the liver, we see hepatitis, and particularly nowadays, we're seeing fatty liver disease, which is now the leading cause of liver transplantation. And then we see the routine uh, things that cause abdominal pain like gallstones and peptic ulcers and things like that. What do you think the common condition that you see people delay treatment for that you have easy fixes for? It's probably reflux. You know, um, 20% of the population is affected with acid reflux, and they'll have some mild heartburn. And that's why when you go to the store, you see a plethora of medications. Over-the-counter medications are galore, you know, Zantax and Pepsids and Prilosex and Prevacids and Zegrids, and they have all of these medications, Malox and Tums, right? Because a lot of people have heartburn, and it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And we have very sophisticated medications, and many of them are, are truly over-the-counter but people have hesitance of taking them or the doses in which you can get them over the counter are sometimes inadequate. And people just suffer. You know, they just suffer with heartburn for a long time because they're scared about seeing a doctor. And, and you know, we That's could me. really kind of kind of up their dose and teach them about how to uh, treat reflux and, and make them feel better. And that's Donna, what it, do you have heartburn? I always have heartburn. You give think, heartburn. Ah. Give heartburn. Uh, what was the one that was taken off the market recently? Nexium? No. No, that was Zantac. Zantac. And so that's just like uh, you know Volsartan and other things. It has nothing to really to do with the Zantac. It had to do with the pharmacy, the 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 drug company that that was making it. It was the generic, mm-hmm. and the physical factory was contaminated by this carcinogen. Oh. So, and that happened with another drug. I think it was Volsartan at some other plant, right? And so they went back there and. It was, it was in India, right? That's where a lot of these generic drugs are made. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell once you make them, like, which lot country they get to. So they went back there and oh. they kind of cleaned up those factories and got rid of those. My, and, and the amount was very minimal, but it's a known carcinogen. Now, and, uh, but reflux is a known kind of thing that bothers us, but it also could be something that turns into something dangerous, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it can be a precancerous condition for one. It can, you know, it can lead to Barrett's esophagus and, and Barrett's esophagus, which is a change in the lining of the esophagus, usually affects Caucasian men above 60, most commonly, but then that can progress to cancer. And if you find that early and, and take biopsies and watch it and treat it before it progresses, you can prevent esophageal cancer that way. Besides obesity, what are some risk factors for reflux? Yeah, the number one is just really genetic. You know, it's just the way 
where you are, 20% of the population has reflux. That's why there's all those drugs over the over the counter. The way you're made, you know, that we have a protective mechanism at the bottom of the esophagus called the lower esophageal sphincter. It's supposed to act like a one-way valve, relax, allow food and saliva to go down, but then tighten up and prevent gastric contents, stomach contents from coming up into the esophagus. For whatever reason, it's loose in many, many people. Could be because of a hiatal hernia where a little bit of the stomach is above the diaphragm. So the, the diaphragm, which is the muscle that separates the chest from the abdomen that cause, allows us to breathe, it lends strength to the lower esophageal sphincter. And if that isn't exactly well placed, you can lose that contribution of strength. Hiatal hernias are common. That's not cause of reflux, but it's associated with it. If the sphincter's loose, gastric contents come up, mainly acid, and when it comes up, it causes heartburn, chest pain, regurgitation. If you look at HRQOL, health-related quality of life, and you ask people with reflux, how bad does your reflux make you feel? These guys compete with cancer. Cancer wow. makes a cancer patient feel as crummy oh, wow. as reflux makes a reflux patient feel. They just It's just uncomfortable. What's your wow. go-to medicine for somebody with kind of mild to moderate symptoms, and when should they visit with a gastroenterologist? So that's a great question because you don't have to come in, you know, with your first sign of heartburn. You can, you know, these over-the-counter medications are largely safe, you know. So first thing is lifestyle, right? If you know your triggers, spicy foods, acidy foods, tobacco, alcohol, you know, uh, mints and chocolate, and if you know that that's your trigger. Sounds just, like all the great things. Oh, yeah, they are. Like, why would you avoid those things, right? Yeah. Now you're going to see sex. Crap. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think that's good no for sex reflux. For you. You, know, you, you avoid those kind of, you know, those factors. But if it's not that easy, if you can't, if it's not just a one thing that you go to, or you, like you said, you enjoy eating spicy foods, or are unwilling to stop eating spicy foods like it would be me, mm-hmm. then you take your over-the-counter medications, your Tums, your those are, that's bicarbonate, neutralizes acid, works immediately, but the least potent. Then you go to your histamine type 2 blockers, like your Pepsid, your Zantax, your Tagamets, right? Work within 15, 20 minutes, last about an hour, um, but it's mild. And then you go to the next step, which are what we call proton pump inhibitors. This is your Prilosec, your Miprazole, your Prevacid. These are also available over the counter, but they're at doses of 20 milligrams, 30 milligrams, which is, you know, bottom rung. And they're safe. They've been studied. And that's what used to be prescription. And you can take those. And they, you, people usually take those for two weeks at a time. They don't work immediately. you got to take them regularly every day. It'll kick in two or three or four days later. Um, but it works better than anything else. And if you can just stay on those, um, but if that doesn't work, then you need to come see us. Or if you have a, quote, alarm symptom, if you have difficulty swallowing, if you have unintended weight loss, if you vomit blood, you don't wait. You, come you don't wait. And you if people wait. do need to come to see you, how do they get a hold of you? Well, you can go to www.austingastro.com. We have over 40 physicians throughout the Austin, Central Texas area. My personal office is in South Austin, right behind South Austin Medical Center on James Casey. And uh, at that website, you can get a hold of me as well as any of my very well-qualified partners as well. Well, thank you for joining us. We're going to be right back. Hello, and welcome back to the Armour Men's Health Show. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, men's health expert, here with my co-host, Donna Lee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We are uh, joined again by uh, a wonderful guest, Dr. Pradeep Kumar. And uh, Dr. Kumar, uh, you're no novice to the public education (laughs) space. How would some of our listeners know you? Yeah, well, I also do TV. Thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, I have a mission to educate the public about their health. And like you, back in the day, I had a radio show, but I also did TV. So I do television on the Fox 7 Austin, Good Day Austin show on 
Wednesday mornings around 7.15. One of the common themes that I like to promote with patients is that who your doctor is really matters. Educating yourself, you know, I'm not one that really has been too averse to people educating themselves, uh, and then making sure that the treatment you're getting from your doctor is exactly what uh, what you expect. Now, in terms of your own mission of what you want patients to leave when or listeners to leave when they uh, leave you, what are some of those interesting kind of tidbits or things that you want people to leave when they hear you? Yeah, you know, I, I think you make a very good point about that. I, I think that that education part of it, I mean, I think of my role as a physician, most of it is as an educator, more than as a, a as a treater, you know, because there's a lot, more than one way to skin a cat, right? And so my goal when I see a patient is try to make them under, know what I know. And I think it's very possible. They don't have to go to med school residency fellowship to know what you know. If you can just explain it in a language they can understand, they, they can understand the processes. We just talked about reflux just a second ago, you know, and I can draw on the board and tell them about the parietal cell and why a proton pump inhibitor works better than the histamine type 2 blocker. These concepts are not that complicated, right? If you just speak English rather than speaking medicalese, uh, you could teach patients exactly what you know, and then you arm them, you equip them, you, you empower them to make their own medical decisions. In fact, when you treat them like they really don't know anything, no trust is garnered from that patient. And when something goes wrong, they feel like they just listened to what you said and had no kind of part in that decision making. So I, I agree with you. So I, I tend to use more complicated language, you know, when when appropriate, you know, and I tend to want to make sure that patient really understands what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, what's wrong with them. That's uh, really, that's absolutely. And then, you know, the concept in medicine now is shared decision making, right? We're not going to come in and tell you what you ought to do. You know, we're going to come in there and teach you why you think this is why you might want to go this route, right? But these are some alternatives that you could do. These are other paths, perhaps not as viable as the one that you would recommend, but still, you know, if they don't like what you recommend, there's an alternative way to go that might fit their mindset and what they're willing to do. So particularly when it comes to procedures, you and I do procedures and people aren't ready to go and have a procedure done, you know, and be under anesthesia and all that kind of stuff. It's overwhelming for people that don't do it all I love to operate on people. <laughs> I'm going to get around now. Yeah. One of the most common reasons that people are going to visit with a gastroenterologist is for their screening colonoscopy. Why the hell is it so hard to get an appointment with a gastroenterologist right now? <laughs> uh, man, because they dropped the screening age to 45. And so now there's millions and millions of more people that need colonoscopy. You know, they're not putting as many out from fellowship, you know, and there's, there's just a greater need. So our clinics are backed up. And my, nice and, my, and my coffee enema is not going to ah. work to prevent uh, colon cancer? It'll keep you up at night. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do the obvious. Aren't we supposed to get our colonoscopies together, like spa massages uh, and sweet. hands? We'll have a curtain between us so we can hold hands. We can hold hands underneath the curtain. Uh, this, is gonna, this, this is going to be a wonderful experience. Yeah, we, do, we do one at a time, guys. Okay. Oh, so time. There's no couples there's colonoscopy. No, there's no, there's yeah. no two you just, like a massage. You, you, you should think about it, Dr. Kumar. I think, uh, I think we'll, you're we'll in for extra. something. There's yeah. no twofers, apparently. It, it's funny. I'd probably do it with your husband more likely. Yeah. He's going to be more comforting than They're you are. They're closer than we are. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so, um, you know, a fascinating kind of uh, insight is, you know, when we screen for somebody with prostate cancer or when somebody's screening for, for lung cancer, you're just trying to catch it early. Yeah. But colon cancer is different, right? Uh, to, tell us why colonoscopy is different than a PSA 
or some kind of test that we would do to screen for cancer. Yeah, you know, like what we're all trying to do is reduce mortality from cancer, right? Reduce prostate cancer mortality, reduce breast cancer mortality, reduce colon cancer mortality. And while how we are different is that in breast cancer, prostate cancer, you're looking for cancers in an early stage where if you treat it, it doesn't cause death, right? And colon cancer is an entirely different paradigm. We use screening and that's the wrong word. It should be prevention. And that's because of polyps. We know that polyps are the things that can turn into cancer. But it can take seven or 10 years for a polyp to turn into cancer. Only 5% of polyps turn into cancer, but almost all cancer started out as a polyp. And we know the people at risk. Age is the number one risk factor. Age 45 to 50 is when we start seeing these cancers rise. And so if you look at the those people in that age group and, and older and you do a colonoscopy, what we're looking for is polyps. We're not looking to find cancer. And if we find and remove polyps, you won't get colon cancer. Even as a physician, I will tell you, that this was a revolutionary, it was a revelation to me. And this was just recently, because it used to be, I used to think that when you did a colonoscopy and you just found a polyp, I was like, oh, I guess they didn't find anything. Ah. Mm. And so, but but the idea that we are preventing cancer, I, I thought you guys were just trying to do a cash grab by ah. grabbing all the polyps, but really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they drive nice cars. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they used to say there's, like, there's, a, there's a $500 bill and everybody seek them. And all you got, <laughs> there's a $500 bill. <laughs> and all you got to do is go get it. Oh, you know? wow. And if you can figure out how to get it, no. you can have it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and so that's that's really, not why we do it, though. No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're, preventing, we're preventing cancer by doing this. And I think that I get a lot of these guys that say to me, well, if I have cancer, I have cancer, and I'm just going to die because ah, i got to die of something. No. But then you say, well, listen, uh, how about you go do something that can prevent cancer, right. like getting a colonoscopy? How has kind of... Uh, you know, and people may know that these things are covered and stuff like that. But what are some of the common concerns that people have about the colonoscopy that maybe we've overcome by now? Yeah, you know, they were worried that it's going to hurt. You know, about you know, you're going to have a, a lighted camera go up your bottom, right? Mm. I mean, just think Sounds about like a that. Saturday I mean, that's, night. That's not the a, original <laughs> ass man. Yeah, yeah right. it's, not, it's not a pleasant thought, particularly for the lay public. You know, to, the idea that somebody's going to go up your bottom is is not something you have to get over that hurdle. And that's the biggest. Once you get over that hurdle, and by the time they walk into our our office are over that hurdle, right? Their primary care physician tells them, there's ads on TV that tell them, you're very gracious to educate people on this show to tell them. You know, it's a, it's a, this is a, a cancer that could kill you that's preventable. So get over that mental hurdle. But when they come in, they, they're worried that idea is unpleasant. But actuality, it's really pretty easy. You just go to sleep. Propofol, which is the medication we use to make people go to sleep. That's what Michael Jackson used because he loved it, man, because it's great. It feels awesome. And it's awesome. You know, yeah. <laughs> he had the best sleep. And so we put you to sleep, but only we have a, a nurse anesthetist. There. Yes, so you don't do it yourself. No, no, no. You go to sleep very safely. <laughs> okay. That's the problem with Michael Jackson. That guy left the room, right? If he right. didn't leave the room, he'd be alive right now. <laughs> oh. He'd be moonwalking everywhere. And you know, hanging out with little boys. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. There you go. All right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. things worked out for the best. Yeah. No comment. But it's a great drug. You go right to sleep. And really, the worst part about the entire procedure is the prep. You know, you got to drink a lot and poop mm. a lot. It's not anything you most people would choose to do other than every five to ten years in order not to die from colon cancer, right. which is the second leading like cause Christy of Alley. cancer death. Well, I've seen so many, so many ads about how when you poop a lot, you lose a lot of weight because of all the caked on poop that's on the inside of our colon. Mm. Have you heard of these things? 
Well, I know that people that have eating disorders or, or body image issues, uh, they use laxatives, right? And so there, there is a role for weight loss in laxatives. You know, as a general long-term weight loss solution, I don't think it's very wise. Well, people effective. have said that I'm full of <laughs> for a long time, oh. so I'm wondering if <laughs> Well, maybe... you should come see us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we help with that. I have a feeling that's going to get beeped out. What do you uh, think, Kelly? No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll miss it and they'll get a big fine. We'll yeah. just say poop and maybe you can just cut and paste. Holy moly. Didn't Kirstie <laughs> Ellie die of colon cancer? I think she did, yeah. And I mean, Scientology. Yeah. That was awesome. You know. She couldn't go to the doctor. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, I mean, this is preventable. Anybody right? that die, that's over age 45 that dies of colon cancer is really, really, a, it's mm. a tragedy. Yeah. If people yeah. are it's trying to avoid a colonoscopy and they want to use something like a Cologuard, which is a test that kind of avoids that, who, who would you say shouldn't get a Cologuard? Well, the people, clearly, uh, people have a family history of colon cancer. They're at higher risk. That Cologuard's not indicated. Uh, people that have had polyps on their own in the past, or if you're having symptoms, if you have blood in your stool, abdominal pain, if you have any of those kind of things, if you have symptoms, Cologuard is not the right test for you. With this reduction in the age to 45, uh, we're really just telling people that their risk of developing polyps is younger than they may have thought, that by taking them out, you are preventing cancer. And don't be afraid of taking control of your own health because you don't want to be in the passenger seat when it comes to your own health. Absolutely. You do not. You know, you do. You want to be in the driver's seat. You're absolutely right. And this is preventable. It's, it's the thing like I tell all my patients, there's two traits of colon cancer. It's common and it's preventable, right? So don't get that one. If people want to come see you as a patient, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they can go to our website at www.austingastro.com. I have my own website called uh, www.drkumar.com. you got to spell it out, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-U-M-A-R. And there's, a, there's a multiple tabs here about different things that I do on TV and at, at home. And uh, you can get a hold of me in either one of those fashions. You know, the shame is your name is Pradeep and my name is Sundeep. And if I didn't come up with the name drdeep.com first, First, you could have stolen it. So, sorry about yeah. that, Doctor. You have drdeep.com? No. I do not. Okay, I used to have that, but I let it go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's up for grabs. It was. Uh, it's, right. it's up for grabs, and it, and you can also visit me on OnlyFans. But I bet you, I bet you, I bet you, some porn star already has that. <laughs> All that's right. what I'm thinking, because that's what people told me when I had that name. Oh, Thanks, Doctor Kamar. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.